bicycles, pedestrians, cars, the rules of the road. Hello, my name's Ray, and this episode is all about, well, not all about, because as you well know, I go off at tangents. It's about the highway code and the new rules that they've just brought in. Some of them might make sense. Others seem rather weird. A chap on uh, Twitter, I read his comment the other day. He said, the new highway code has been written by an eight-year-old who's just got himself a bicycle, (laughs) which I thought was quite good. Now, here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. If everyone was sensible on the road, we wouldn't need rules, would we? We wouldn't need rules that tell us not to do this and not to do that. The trouble is we're not all sensible, are we, on the road or anywhere else? (laughs) Unfortunately, there are some idiots around. Now, let's start off with this new highway code, some of these new rules from what I've read. You're driving along in your car, doing the correct speed. Let's say it's in the UK, 30 miles an hour, left-hand side of the road. We're doing it properly, uh, driving along. There's a, you want to turn left into a side road and there's a bicycle just in front of you. So what do you do? You've got three choices. You either try and overtake him and get in front of him fast. You either wait till he goes and then you can turn left or you turn left and knock him off his bike. <laughs> no, it's not funny. That That's the three choices. I would have thought, wait until he's gone past the junction, then you can turn left. You've only got to wait a few seconds. Now, that's what I've always done. This is one of the new rules in the highway code. You have to wait for him to go and clear the junction before you turn into it. Of course, in America and other places, you'd be turning right into your junction, wouldn't you? Because you're right-hand drive. Same thing, just back to front, mirror image. Now, I don't need to read that in a book of rules to tell me, do not knock the cyclist off his bike. I would have thought that's obvious. Do not try to cut in front of the cyclist and make him wobble or again come off his bike. Wait until he's cleared the junction. I don't know, we, do we need a rule for that? Well, obviously we, <laughs> obviously we do, because some people are idiots. So that's one of the new rules, which makes sense, but I would have thought we'd do it anyway. Another rule is, that this is weird, a cyclist should ride his bike in the middle of the lane, not uh, over by the curb, but in the middle of the lane. That, so you come along in your car, you're doing 30, he's going along at, say, 10 miles an hour in the middle of the lane in front of you. You can't go past him. I don't quite see the sense in that. Traffic builds up, causing all sorts of problems. People will try and overtake him. Again, uh, uh, idiots, there's always an idiot that'll think, oh, I'll overtake him, I'll get past. So they have to go onto the wrong side of the road. They cause problems. The whole thing, I I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll come to some emails later. We've got emails from motorists and emails from cyclists. So we'll see what the balance is. (laughs) The balance of idiots as opposed to sensible people. No, but seriously, I don't see the point of a a bike riding in the centre of the lane because then the cars just can't get past, obviously. And if it's a long road with nowhere to pass, what if it's a mile long, this road? A mile at 10 miles an hour? The queue of traffic will be horrendous. So I don't understand that. And another thing I read is cyclists should ride two abreast, so side by side in the middle of the road, making it even less possible to go past them. So I don't know, that that seems a bit odd to me. 
I used to ride a bike. I rode the bike everywhere. It was great rather than taking the car or to pop down to the town or pop to some shops or whatever. I'd, I'd ride the bike. I had quite a nice, it was like a racing bike, you know, the drop handlebars. It was quite a nice bike, actually. But I would never go on the main roads with it because, not because our, our drivers are idiots, because they're not all idiots. Uh, several reasons. Fumes, traffic fumes to begin with. I'm cycling along by the curb. All the cars going past me, all the exhaust pipes are only a few feet away from me. And I'm breathing in all that. And of course, as I'm cycling, my heart's pumping the blood round faster. It's exercise. I'm breathing faster and deeper. And I'm taking in all this carbon dioxide. That's one reason I kept to the side roads. Another reason is, idiots aside, I won't keep calling people idiots, but a car driver is in his car, is cruising along, and he wants to change the station on his radio. He just looks down at the radio to press a button or turn the knob. Crash, he's knocked me off my bike. His fault entirely, I agree. His fault, he is, in this case, he is the idiot. He wasn't looking where he was going and he's knocked me off my bike. So, I'm in hospital with a broken back, with a doctor saying, you'll probably never ever walk again, you'll be in a wheelchair. Well, it's no good me saying, well, it was the car driver's fault. I mean, whose fault it was at that stage doesn't matter. My life is ruined. and I'm lucky not to be dead. So even though that was the car driver's fault, it's all too late to, to worry about whose fault it was. My life's ruined. What if the driver, I mean, the law now is you must not use your mobile phone while you're driving. Well, again, I would have thought that's obvious, wouldn't you? I've never used my mobile phone while I'm driving along the road. I mean, it's distracting. You know, you've got one hand on the phone, unless you've got this hands-free stuff, of course, but I'm talking about using your phone as you would normally. You're holding this phone to your ear. You've only got one hand to steer and control the car with, but apparently we need a rule and heavy fines to stop people doing that, and they still do it. Here's the thing again. They are going to do it anyway. If you say it's a million pound fine, they'll still do it. If you say it's 5,000 years imprisonment, you still get the odd idiot that does it. So I am the poor cyclist that's going along, minding my own business. I'm totally innocent. And some fool on his mobile phone knocks me off my bike. I could be killed. I could be killed. I could be maimed for life, you know. So it's no good saying, well, drivers shouldn't do that. They shouldn't use their phones. They shouldn't fiddle with the car radio or whatever. They should be looking where they're going. We all know they should be looking where they're going, but they don't all do that. That's the point I'm trying to make. I used to quite enjoy cycling around, especially in the summer, not in the winter, of course. In the summer, lovely, beautiful day, cycling around the quiet side streets. Really nice. You know, you, you've got an opportunity to look around and look at people's gardens, birds are singing, not a lot of traffic because you're on the side road. It was nice. Okay, it took a little bit longer possibly to get from A to B. I could have gone on the main road. I did once. I had a dentist appointment and I was slightly late for some reason. And I thought the best thing is to get onto the main road. Do you know, it was awful. Cars flying past me at breakneck speed. Their fault again, not mine. I'm, I'm the innocent cyclist. I was doing things properly. I was keeping into the curb. Imagine now I'm advised by the highway code to ride in the middle of the road, in the middle of the lane. Goodness knows what, I don't, I don't think I would have got to the dentist. I think my teeth would have been the last of my, my problems. <laughs> oh dear. I'm in hospital. 
And I say to the doctor, why are you fixing my broken back? Can you have a look at my teeth? <laughs> I missed my appointment. No, seriously, I did once use the main road and I just thought never again. The fumes, the stench of the fumes coming out of the cars. I just didn't like it. It was not a pleasant experience at all. And I don't see, to be honest, how it could ever be a pleasant experience cycling along a busy main road. Whereas the side streets, as I said, it was nice. Birds are singing, it's quiet, the air is, well, not fresh, fresher. It was a pleasant experience. Now, here's another thing. I was reading about the new highway code rules and it said that a cyclist is not obliged to use a cycle lane just because it's there. Does that make sense? I mean, who wrote this? Some idiot wrote this. Surely a cycle lane is built probably at great expense. There's the cycle lane. It is purely for cyclists, not pedestrians or cars or anyone else, so it's safe. But a cyclist doesn't have to use it. And I've seen this. I've experienced this myself in, uh, where was I? Coming back from Chichester, I think. There was a cycle lane and there were two bikes on the main road holding up all the traffic. And just to the left of where we're going along, there's a big cycle lane, clearly signposted, clearly marked, and yet they're on the main road. And apparently, they're not obliged to use the cycle lane. I would have thought the rule should be, if there's a cycle lane there, you must use it. I mean, it's, it's not just to stop the traffic being held up. Surely, it's mainly for the safety of the cyclist, isn't it? If I were riding a bike, which I don't anymore, I can't, I'm too old to ride a bike, but I would use the cycle, I wouldn't go on the, on the main road, surely. I'd go on the cycle lane. Of course, cars were passing these these cyclists. They were a single file. They weren't two abreast. You know, they were single file. But they were still holding up all the traffic because it was quite a narrow road. In fact, the road had been narrowed to make way for the cycle lane. So it's all a bit odd. And cars were going past and blasting them and people shouting out of the window, use the cycle lane. Understandable. Uh, attitude of the motorists, understandable reaction from the drivers of the cars, because I thought it weird. I didn't blast the cyclists. I don't do that. But there's a, that's a, what is that? Is that an oddity or, or is it just pure stupidity on someone's part? It's like saying, well, look, there's a pavement for pedestrians. So the pedestrians all walk along the side of the road. Well, isn't that a bit odd? I would have thought that very odd. Let's look at pedestrians for a minute so you're driving along in your car now the old rule was uh, I'm doing the UK because we drive on the left but you know just mirror it for for where you are if you're turning right into a side road from the main road so I want to turn left off the main road into this little side road there's someone that is crossing the road okay they're crossing that side road junction now it's their right of way isn't it to be honest whether it's their right of way or not I don't run them over, do I? I don't think to myself, this is my right of way. I'm right, you're wrong, I win and run them over. <laughs> there again, I suppose some motorists would think that. They would, wouldn't they? You know, you're in my way. I crossed a junction once like that and this car, this is decades ago, came flying round the corner, almost hit me and blasted me, blared his horn at me. It was my right of way. I was almost at the centre of this junction. Anyway, he was an idiot. So the rule now is, I suppose the idea was to clear this up. I don't know why it needs clearing up, because it was obvious to me, you don't run the chap over that's crossing the road. If someone now 
Now, let's just go back to how it was. They've got one foot on the road. They're actually on the road, even though it's only one foot. They've stepped off the curb. It's their right of way. The rule now is if they're standing on the pavement, the sidewalk, if you're in America, <laughs> they're standing on a pavement waiting to cross the road. It's their right of way. Now, say there's a couple of them. They're standing on the pavement and they're having a chat. I've got a load of traffic behind me. I come up. I want to turn left into the junction. I see them having a chat. Do I stop on the main road and think, right, are they going to cross? Are they waiting to cross? Are they having a chat? What's happening? I wait there. I'm holding up all the traffic behind me and they don't want to cross at all. They're just having a chat. If I start to move and they start to cross and I run them over, it's my fault <laughs> because they were standing on the pavement waiting to cross. Now, this gets worse. This really is the thing. Here is the thing chap on the radio the other day was saying okay let's let's look at this a bit further a roundabout not a little mini roundabout but a main roundabout you might have a dual carriageway coming up to the roundabout people are all flying along you can do 70 on the dual carriageway okay if it's not marked to to do lower you come up to the roundabout what we are doing in the UK we are looking to the right to see we have to give way to the right obviously America and wherever you give way to the left. So we're looking to the right to make sure nothing's coming around the roundabout before we put our foot down and get onto the roundabout and go wherever we're going. Okay, you've got a pedestrian on the pavement. Say there's a pavement there. He is on the pavement. If he wants to cross the junction on the left of me, because I'm looking to the right, Okay, in America, if he wants to cross the junction on the right of you, because you're looking to the left for oncoming traffic, that's his right of way. So I'm coming along, I'm looking to the right, it's all clear, I'm indicating left, I turn left on the roundabout, and I've got this pedestrian in the middle of the road, or stepping off the curb. It's his right of way. So, yeah, it, it will work if everyone drives slowly enough as you come up to a roundabout, but of course they don't. So how is that going to work? How is that going to be safe? I, I really, if I were a pedestrian <laughs> crossing that junction or the roundabout, I'd be looking to see what's coming. But the traffic very often is going so fast. If it's a biggish roundabout, dual carriageway, they could be doing 40 miles an hour as they come up to the roundabout. All right, perhaps they shouldn't. That's beside the point, whether they should or shouldn't. I wouldn't cross there. I'd be worried. I'd go down the road a bit. I'd go 100 yards down the road and cross there not on the roundabout. You see what I mean? As the chap on the radio said, the interviewer chap, he was talking to various people on the phone. Don't you hate phone calls on radio stations? I do. If I want to listen to people's phone calls, I'll go and tap the phone wires. I don't want to listen to it on the radio. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Now I've forgotten. You see, look, you've made me forget. That's your fault. <laughs> oh dear. But isn't it all a disaster? There are various other rules that have come out. That I'm not, I can't remember them all now. I shall have to have another look. Let's just do a, a, an email here. James says, no, it's not James, that's last week. Sorry, Colin. Hello, Colin. Colin says that he is a cyclist, a keen cyclist and a motorist. And a pedestrian, I suppose, James, if you go out walking. And he says that what he does, if it's a, a narrow road, uh, say it's a country lane, he likes going out in the country... If there's traffic building up behind him, or before it even builds up, I suppose, there's a lay-by or something, he'll pull in and let the traffic go, rather than just have the attitude that this is my right-of-way, 
I should be here and I'm going to hold up sort of 15 miles of traffic. Rather than do that, he'll just nip into a lay-by or wherever he can just go just for, I don't know, 30, 30 seconds just to let uh, all the traffic go past. Tractors do that, don't they, out of the country. Very often a tractor driver will pull into a lay-by because he's going along slowly and he lets the traffic past. A couple of friends of mine have got uh, Jeeps, you know, wartime uh, willies, American Jeeps. And they're not that fast. They go along at 40 miles an hour. So, of course, the traffic builds up behind. And they do that. They'll pull into a lay-by, let all the traffic go past, and then they'll carry on. It's just, you don't need rules. Well, you do. This is the trouble. You shouldn't need rules for that. I would have thought it obvious, common sense, being courteous, polite, thinking of other road users. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, some drivers have never heard of this. Think of other road users. What, what's that mean? Courteous? What's that mean? <laughs> I'm coming through. It's my right of way. Get out of the way or I'll flatten you. <laughs> no, it's not funny though, is it? I'm surprised there aren't more accidents, to be honest. The way I've seen some people drive, I don't know how there aren't more accidents, really. Just going back to the roundabout scenario. OK, I want to turn left at the roundabout that's coming up. I'm looking to the right to make sure nothing is coming, no traffic. If there's someone standing on the pavement, forget their foot in the road or their crossing, like I said earlier. They're just standing on the pavement. This is the new rule. Or on the grass verge or whatever's there. It might be a field. If they're standing there, not on the road, but in the field, near the road, they could cross and it's their right of way. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's bad enough for a roundabout. You've got to check what's coming. You've got to keep an eye on all sorts of directions and things going on. You've also got to watch some bird watcher that happens to be standing in a field with his binoculars looking at a hen harrier. <laughs> no, not, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean if, obviously, if he's looking up at the sky through his binoculars, then you wouldn't uh, give way to him or wait to see what he's doing. But th that could be a bit of a orcs-type scenario, couldn't it? And someone else on the radio mentioned about insurance claims. You know, you've got a bike and it's getting a bit old, so what you'd, what you'd do is you cycle across the junction, leap off as the car hits your bike, you know, so you're OK. Oh, look you can get me a new bike on your insurance. As a car driver, you have to be very careful with these insurance scams. You know, you get someone in front of you, there's a clear road in front of them and they slam on the brakes, so you go in the back of them. And of course, it's your fault if you go in the back of someone. It's entirely your fault because you're too close to them. They should be able to slam on the brakes and stop almost instantly. <laughs> And you have plenty of time to stop without hitting them. That's the, the idea, which I suppose makes sense. But of course, these insurance scammers, they will even, uh, I've known this to happen, um, someone flashes their lights for you to pull out of a junction. They're saying, yeah, come on, pull out in front of me, that's fine. And they go in the side of you. And the insurance claim is, well, I'm going on the road and he pulled out in front of me and I hit him. And they do say, don't flash your lights at people. Especially, I think that was in the highway code, the new rules. Um, don't flash your lights at bikes or pedestrians to cross because it's dangerous. Well, I never have done. I'd, the only time I flash lights for someone to go is if someone's waiting to turn uh, across the traffic. Say there's a junction on my left and they're coming towards me and they want to turn into the junction. 
I'm in a queue of traffic or a slow queue, and I come up slowly, I flash the lights to say, go on, go in front of me. But I will always check the mirror to make sure there's not a bike coming up the inside of me. Because the chap on the bike, he doesn't know that I flashed the car to pull across in front of me. And uh, he gets flattened. It All this, uh, actually, uh, originally flashing lights meant, uh, from what I understand, decades ago, first came out in the 60s. Uh, there was a mini, was it the mini traveller, minivan? They fitted the, the flashing light stick you know, on the gear, um, on the gear stick, listen to me, on the steering column. They made the flashing light thing there and it was to warn people, I'm coming through. You know, you flash the lights, get out of the way, I am coming through. And of course it all changed to, I'm slowing down so you can go in front of me or whatever. I do also flash people if they're coming out of a junction, slow moving traffic. They want to come out of the junction on my side of the road. I will just flash. What I often do is wave if they're looking at me. I'll just wave and say, go on. What is annoying is you see someone, they want to come out and join the lane of traffic you're in. So I'm looking at them, waiting for them to look at me so I can say, come on, pull out and join the queue that I'm in. And they don't look. They don't look at me. And I'm waiting. I move up and it's too late. I could have let them out. And then as I go past, they look at me as if to say, oh, you could have let me out. <laughs> I, and then what always happens to me is I let someone out in front of me and say, come on, out you come. And they come out in front of me and they are a pain. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. They go too slowly. They indicate all over the place. How many times have you seen someone indicate left and they turn right? I've seen that. I mean, what is going This is why we need rule books, I suppose. What is going on? We need rule books. I'll have to have another look at the highway code. I might have to try and get a copy. I suppose they do paper copies. They used to sell them in the local sort of newsagent shop. I don't know whether they still do. You probably have to get online PDF stuff now. But yeah, wherever I get it from, I will get myself a copy and have a look. Several people have said to me, now I'm 70, they said, oh, you never passed your test these days. And I think they're probably right. If I had to pass a test... Would I do it? Would I get, I mean, this, where do you put your hands on the wheel? Is it, it's 10 to 2, isn't it? I have one hand at 6 o'clock. <laughs> no, I shouldn't laugh because that's against the rules. I don't think it's against the law. Oh, that's the other thing. I nearly forgot the other new rule that's come out. Okay, uh, UK, right-hand drive car. I'm sitting in the car. I want to open the my door, my driver's door. You must use your left hand. I have to reach across and open the door with my left hand. If I do it with my right hand, okay, my hand that is near the door, my arm is against the door, it's £1,000 fine. How about that? <laughs> How are they going to police that? I don't know. Because if a copper says, I saw you open your door with your right hand, £1,000 fine, I could easily say, well, I didn't. I used my left hand. His word against mine. I don't suppose anyone would be fined a thousand pounds. Well, unless it was on video, perhaps the cop had his um, body camera thing going. But uh, if you're in America, you're the driver, you've got to open your door with your right hand. <laughs> I think the idea of that is so as you've got to reach across, you're going to turn round slightly. And obviously you will be able to see a little bit clearer whether there's a cyclist or something coming along. 
I mean, the amount of people, you're driving along the street, a load of parked cars, someone flings the door open. Have you ever seen a door taken off? I have. Car in front of me. <laughs> someone flew through his door open and this chap just hit the door and it, it just bent it right back uh, to the front wing and it ripped, well, it didn't rip it off completely, but it was hanging off. The door was hanging off because it wrecked the front of his car. It wrecked the chap's door and the door frame and the wing, all because this idiot flung his door open without even looking. I mean, how mental is that? Email here from Janice. Hello, Janice. She says, how many times have you seen a cyclist going the wrong way up a one-way street? Many, many times, Janice, I've seen that many, many times, and so have a lot of other people. How many times also, she goes on to say, have you seen a cyclist go through a red traffic light? Many, many times again, many times. They don't seem to understand, she's saying, that traffic lights, road signs, etc. apply to them as they apply to cars. And I agree that there was a cyclist, I remember, there was a lady crossing a road with a pram and this cyclist was coming the wrong way. Now, you should say, well, the lady should look both ways, even though it's a one-way street. Well, fair enough. But the lady had looked, say, to her left. There's nothing coming. There shouldn't be anything coming from the right. She pushed her pram out and a cyclist nearly hit her. The cyclist wobbled off and went into the side of a parked car. The cyclist was swearing and... You should look before you push your pram out on the road. And the woman said, well, hang on, it's a one-way street. You shouldn't be cycling this way. And do you know what the cyclist said? That doesn't apply to bicycles. One-way streets don't apply to bicycles. How wrong is that? As I said earlier, I've been a, a cyclist and a motorist for many years. I don't cycle now, but I, I can see both sides of, I was going to say, of the argument. Is there an argument? I suppose there is to an extent. What cyclists don't seem to understand is, or they don't think or realise, I don't know, is that if a car hits them, who's going to come off worse, the car driver or the chap on the bike? You know, the car driver's fine. The cyclist falls off his bike, hits his head on the curb and could be killed. It's, they, I don't know, it's all very well someone on a bike saying, this is my right of way, so I'm going to carry on crash <laughs> it is his right of way he's perfectly correct but he ends up with a smashed head and it's all very well a, a motorist saying this is my right of way if the motorist is correct it's my right of way so I'm not going to stop if you pull out in front of me then the cyclist could get killed so the motorist is stupid you know, I think well that, that's it I said I think people should think they don't think do they road users don't think they just seem to plough on. How many times I've seen this couple in a car in front of me, driving perhaps there's a row of shops on the left, they're driving along, they stop the car and they're both pointing at a shop. Oh look, that's the shop. I mean, I can't hear what they're saying, but I'm making it up. That's the shop where I bought that hat from. Oh, is it? Ah, yes, oh, we'll have to go in there. We'll have to have a look because I could do with a new hat. They've stopped in the middle of the road. All the traffic's piling up that no one knows what's going on. People start blasting their horns. <laughs> They're oblivious. Some drivers are oblivious to other road users. It's incredible. Someone's looking for a road. They're going along the main road. They want to turn off, say, to the left. They're looking for a road. No, it's not that one. They go slowly. They go down to 15 miles an hour. 
Hang on, is this the road? No, that's not the one I want. They almost stop, then they carry on. No indicating. Totally oblivious to whatever's going on behind them. I mean, some people don't know what the rear view mirror's for, do they? I'm, I'm convinced. They think it's for doing their hair. Now, that's not sexist. I mean, men and women. And him, her, those, they, it, and everyone else. Now I'm going <laughs> to get into trouble again. Oh, I love it. I love getting into trouble. So anyway, there we are. Should we go on to politics? Oh, no, I will get into trouble. How about Boris and his birthday cake? Honestly, Boris and his birthday cake. Well, how are you going to look at that? There's different ways. First of all, there's the Russia-Ukraine problem. There's all sorts of big problems in the world. And people are going on about Boris and his birthday cake. Or you could look at it the other way round. It's not about Boris and his birthday cake. It's about the Prime Minister lying to Parliament. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's not the cake itself. Anyway, I'm following all that with interest. Well, I say within. Am I? I am, actually. I'm following it all with interest. A little bit. A little bit of interest, just to see what the outcome is. What that's got to do with the highway code. Perhaps they need a highway code for MPs and Prime Ministers. You will do this. You won't do... Actually, they have got that, haven't they? They do have their rules. They've got a, a rule book or something. I don't know. Do you know, the last thing I would want to be is an MP. And the really last thing I'd want to be is a Prime Minister. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Whatever you do, it's wrong. I, why be a Prime Minister? Why does Boris want to be Prime Minister? It's a, what's the money? Is it 120000 a year? I mean, that's not a lot, is it? Oh, it's nice. It's more money than I've ever earned. But the stuff that goes with that job for 120000 a year, oh, good grief. Stone the crows. I wouldn't do that for a million a year. The stress, the, oh, forget it. There was something else I heard on the radio this morning. Is it Liz Truss, the MP? What is she, the Foreign uh, Trade Secretary? Whatever she is. She went to Australia. Uh, obviously flew there, because it's, <laughs> it's a long way. And she flew off in a, a the government plane. The government have their own sort of private jet because there, there's always someone jetting off somewhere around the world. And this Liz Truss went to Australia and back in the government's jet. And people are saying, oh, that cost all this money, blah, blah, blah. I think there are about 13 people in the team that she was with. So they were discussing things on the plane. And you can't do that on a normal flight, you know, an ordinary sort of flight for the holidaymakers. And she said, well, yes, she had, uh, someone said, oh, she admitted it. She admitted going off to Australia in the government plane. And she said, yes, well, that's what the government plane is for. It's for people in the government to fly around and to use. It, I, now it's got to the stage where I've seen all sorts of jokes on Twitter. <laughs> what was it someone put the other day? Something about, um, oh, Boris, uh, Boris used some toilet paper. Who paid for the toilet paper? Is that taxpayers' money? It's all got really silly now, all the, the jokes and that on Twitter about it. it. The whole thing has just become, a, well, as people have said, well, the UK now is kind of laughing stock of the world because the world are on about... What's that noise? Can you hear that? Someone's digging up the road again. I don't believe it. Digging up the road. Yeah, apparently we're now sort of the laughing stock of the world because all this about uh, the cake and who had a beer and who didn't. He had a bit of pizza in the garden. Oh, oh that's a party. No, it's not. It was a work meeting. No, no, it was a party because there was a glass of wine and he had a piece of birthday cake. 
Good grief. I, I, as I said, I would not want to be an MP. I would not want to be the Prime Minister. I couldn't cope with all that stress. Two conflicting <laughs> emails here. One from Jerry and one from John. Hello, both. Right, Jerry puts on his Lycra gear at the weekend and uh, he goes off cycling up the country roads and he loves it. And he says the motorists are a damn nuisance. His words, not mine. So that's Jerry in his Lycra gear. Right, John says, <laughs> at the weekend, we like to drive out into the country, you know, the family drive out into the country. And he said, I get some bloke dressed in Lycra in front of me on his bike, getting in my way. It's a damn cyclists. So you've both got to think of the other chap's point of view. John and Jerry. That's ice cream. Isn't it? Oh, no, it was Tom and Jerry, wasn't it? Um, no, they were the cartoon people. Anyways, I like those cartoons. Oh, have you heard? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, right? Just, that just reminded me. Disney are think. I think I'm right. Disney or someone is thinking about having to change this because people with dwarfism are offended. Now, they had a lady on the radio the other day. She was a, a dwarf. She described, what was that? Strange noise. Described herself as a dwarf. And she said, I'm not offended. She said, I love Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. She said, I've never even thought about it. And she said, I just can't see what the problem is. I mean, how, you know, how far do we go with this? Someone said, what are we going to have? Are we going to have now Snow Black? <laughs> Snow Black and the, the Seven Giants or Seven Lofties or something. Well, I forget what they said. But is, you know, where's this going to end? Where is it going to end? Oh, and something else, allegedly, this is what I've read. I mean, a lot of the stuff you read, you can't, you know, it's not gospel. You can't quote it as the truth. That's why I'm saying this is what I've read. I think this is true. The BBC, in their wisdom, have decided certain programmes, such as Dad's Army, one that was quoted as one. Do you remember Dad's Army? That was brilliant. I love Dad's Army. They've got to go through the old tapes or whatever they're on and edit them because they've got to take out certain bits of dialogue there that might offend people. And oh, what else was it? Um, Harry Potter. They, they've got to take out, what's this new thing? Trigger. Trigger words, is it? Or trigger something. They've got to take out bits and pieces in Harry Potter that might trigger certain things in certain people. I don't know what, trigger offence or something. I, I'd as I said, where is this going to... Someone is digging up... No, they're not digging up the road. That's a, a petrol-driven disc cutter. Honestly, I, the, I don't know what people get up to around here. You probably can't hear that. It's not loud enough. Now what? Listen to that. <laughs> what is going on? There's, this is the trouble. This I, I woke up in the night, the other night. I heard this noise. It was kind of beep, beep, and it did it twice. Beep, beep, beep. I didn't recognise that at all. We got a security alarm that beeps. We got all sorts of... I didn't recognise that. And I sat up in bed thinking, what was that? I never did discover what it was. I wasn't dreaming. I was awake. And I heard it. Beep, beep, beep. Just like that. <laughs> Tommy Cooper. Oh, Barry Cryer's died, hasn't he? He's passed away. 86 years old. The writer and comedian. Apparently he wrote a lot of stuff for Tommy Cooper. And um, oh, I forget now. I do, I forget everything. I went up to the loft the other day. Once I got up there, I'd forgotten what it was for. I don't normally go in a loft. 
But I thought, oh, I know what I want. I know where it is. I'd just nip up there and grab that. When I got up there, <laughs> I'd forgotten what I went up there for. Isn't it hopeless? Email from Rob. Hello, Rob, if you're listening. Rob says that he was walking along the pavement the other day and unbeknown to him, this bike came flying up behind him and almost hit him because what Rob did, he was about to turn. Well, he did. He turned. He was going to cross the road. So he's walking down the middle of the pavement. He turned to cross the road, took one step. He was now at the um, curb part of the pavement and this bike swerved and almost hit him. And the cyclist just whizzed off and he's left thinking, good grief, what was that? As he said, bikes shouldn't be on the pavement. And I had a similar thing actually a few years back. The chap nearly hit me. He was on a bike, came flying up behind. I moved to one side because we were going to cross the road. I was with my wife. We were going to cross the road. He had to swerve and he nearly hit me. He cycled off. I did shout out the pavements for pedestrians and he just did some sign at me as he drove off, cycled off rather. So they shouldn't be on the, the pavements. You know, I agree with that. See, again, it's unfortunately we seem to be in the situation where it's them and us. It's the cyclists and the motorists. It's the, the them and us situation. And it shouldn't be like that. It should be safety first. You know, everyone's point of view should be safety first. Uh, not them and us situation where it's almost, we're at war. <laughs> It's just not good, is it? Another thing is uh, these well, wheelchairs or the what are they mobility scooters, they go flying along the pavement, and you step out of your front uh, pathway. You say you've got a path and your front gate. You might have a hedge, so you can't see what's on the pavement. Obviously, if someone's walking along, they will just stop and let you walk out, or you'll stop as they go by. If you've got a mobility scooter doing whatever. 10, 15 miles an hour, you step out onto the pavement from your path, you're flattened. Or a bicycle. Uh, uh, there was a thing on the seafront a few years back, this poor woman, she got hit, she was just on the seafront, on the promenade. She was walking along with her family and a bike hit her and did terrible damage. I won't go into that, but did terrible damage to her. You know, life-changing uh, injuries, awful or because this cyclist, I, I don't know whether it was a cycle lane, whether they were allowed there or whatever, but people don't realise that you get a chap on a bike, you know, say a 15 stone chap on a bike going along the pavement at, say, 15 miles an hour. If he hits anyone, it, it could kill them. People just don't think. Back to that, people don't think. It's such a shame. But it really has got to this them and us situation, which I think is daft. As I say, I've been a, a cyclist. I preferred the side roads. I think even now, if I, well, I won't, but even now, if I were to cycle, well, no, I wouldn't because the other thing is potholes. Look at the potholes in the roads. Stone, the crows, they're everywhere. They're bad enough for cars. You get the front wheel of your bike in a pothole, you go over the top, you know, you land on your head, oh, or you land in front of a lorry and get flattened. The whole thing is just awful. Uh, I agree, cyclists should be on the road. Yeah, of course they should. But I don't think I'd do it. I think if I were a cyclist, I'd say, I'm going to give up. I'm not going to do it. It's not worth the risk. I know that's giving in. You could say, well, that's just sort of giving in, running away from the problem. But I don't know. I think that's what I'd do. As I've said, I can see both sides of the, or both points of view, 
what worries me at night is if I'm driving in the car at night, a lot of bicycles don't have lights on. They just don't have lights. And if they're wearing a dark jacket and it's dark, you don't see them. It really is worrying. You know, many times I've come across a cyclist, I thought, God, God hang on a minute, you know, brake or swerve. I didn't see him. He's got no lights. He's got a dark jacket on. The street lighting may not be too good. And again, who's going to come off worse? I'm going to get a dent in the car. He could be dead. In the old days, it was the law to have a bell on your bike. So you're cycling along, ding, 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 let people know you're coming. I don't know, people don't do that anymore, do they? I said to a chap the other day, a friend of mine, about bicycles not having lights. And I said, it used to be the law that you had to have lights on your bike at night. And he said, well, it still is. But uh, I don't know. I mean, some people do. They have these bright flashing things, don't they? These bright LED lights that flash. I mean, they're pretty good. The best thing, really, apart from your lights, is a high-vis jacket. So many people, as I said earlier, no lights, plus dark clothing at night. You just can't see them. Which brings me on nicely to the BBC licence fee. <laughs> no, it doesn't bring me on nicely to that at all. That just came to mind. I'll tell you why. Just saw a magpie came and sat on the window ledge and looked at me through the window. And a lovely magpie. I mean, they're noisy. I don't, they don't sing nicely, do they? they? They screech and squawk. But I was watching, uh, I keep saying Spring Watch, Winter Watch last night. Fantastic programme, BBC Winter Watch, with uh, Chris Packham, uh, Michaela Strachan, is it? Uh, and you know, a couple of other people. Megan, Megan's on there. And y Yolo, is it? Yolo, you know, the chap that does the bit in Wales. It really is good. It's a live programme and it's fantastic if you like wildlife, which I do. But we've got this thing all over Twitter, defund the BBC, don't pay the licence, you know, the licence fee should be scrapped. Just wonder what your thoughts were on that. If you want to email me, raiserants at protonmail.com, or one word, raiserants at protonmail.com. Thanks for all your emails. I do try to answer all of them. I don't mention all of them when I'm chatting to you because there are too many, you know, we'd be here all day. Well, actually, there aren't that many. <laughs> We'd be here another five minutes. No, seriously, there are quite a few. And I can't mention them all when I'm having a chat with you. But it's just interesting to get people's thoughts and ideas about, I mean, this TV licence, what is it, £150? Is it 150 something? Then there's all this talk about the BBC being biased. Well, mind you, they, they, people are talking about GB News, Sky News, ITV News, BBC News. Everyone's saying that they're all biased one way or another. I don't know. In the old days, you'd have someone read the news. These days, I think I mentioned this before. Listen to that chap out there. He's cutting up wood. He's got a circular, you know, table type circular saw and he's cutting up a load of wood. I don't know what he's making. <laughs> it's a damn nuisance, whatever it is. Anyway, yeah, the BBC. Of course, in the old days, they had the BBC World Service on shortwave. And they had shortwave transmitters in the UK and all around the world. Millions of watts, millions of pounds to run. I mean, the electricity bill for a transmitter, you know, even a local radio station, the electricity bill is quite hefty. And then you've got all the other expense that goes with it. So... I don't know, because the BBC are saying, well, we don't need all those transmitters around the world now because you've got the internet. 
and you can listen to the BBC World Service on the internet. But there are some countries that don't have internet. There are some... Who was it the other day on the telly saying something about parts of certain countries have got no internet at all and they rely on the BBC World Service shortwave transmissions? Anyway, I don't know why I'm going on about that. Probably because I'm into amateur radio and shortwave listening and things. There are still one or two... BBC stations around the world putting out the world service but uh, I don't know the BBC was in the 50s 60s it was known as the real source for news you know it was it was loved the world over you know people all looked up to the BBC whereas now it seems well I don't know perhaps <laughs> perhaps I shouldn't keep going on Twitter and having a look it seems now everyone's turned against the BBC. It's such a shame. I don't know whether it's their fault or what's happened. Um, I don't watch BBC news. I don't watch any news. I don't buy newspapers. I'll tell you where I get my news from. This is awful. I get it from Twitter. Not what people, before you jump in, not ordinary people. You know, so-and-so says this. Mrs. So-and-so down the road says Boris did this or Boris did that. I get the news from Twitter from the news people like Reuters, BBC, ITV, Sky News, GB News. They all go on Twitter. So I read the whole lot. <laughs> You're going to think I'm a news nerd. Was it a news freak? What do they call them? Some people are hungry for news. I don't know what they call them. <laughs> Idiots, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not like that. But I, what I do is I look at a little bit of each of the, the news people and then I take all that in and evaluate what's going on. You know, I'll read everyone's comments from different news outlets and then evaluate that and try and work out what the truth is. <laughs> so you get some lies from that one, some more lies from that one, put it all together and you might be able to work out what's really happening. There we are, summer's on the way. We've got, ah, I didn't tell you this, we've got bulbs coming up in the front garden. I don't know whether they're I think they might be bluebells. We've got daffodils, bluebells, crocus, all sorts out there. We haven't got snowdrops. I must get some snowdrops. But things are happening. Things are starting to happen, which is good. Like the signs of spring. Everyone in my family, old grannies and aunties, ever since I can remember as a kid, they've all said, love it when the daffodils come up. That's the sign, isn't it? The daffodils, the yellow flowers. That's it. There we are. Shall I end it here or do you want some more <laughs> do you want some more boring rubbish? A friend of mine years ago in the pub, he used to say that a lot of people talked inane drivel. You know, someone would start rabbiting about something and he'd say, Oh, more inane drivel. <laughs> inane drivel. I thought that was quite good. Some of these newscasters though, going back to that, they really have got their own agenda. You know, they are what was it the other day? I won't mention names, but some newscaster people were saying is a real Boris basher. You get these Boris bashers. Then you get the others that are uh, Keir Starmer bashers. It goes on and on. It never used to be like this. I suppose that's what this is all about, isn't it? My podcast, it never used to be like this. It was so very, very different in the good old days. You didn't have all this rubbish, <laughs> various news outlets all with their own agendas and biased and lying. <laughs> it's not funny. I don't know why I keep laughing. You have to laugh, either laugh or cry. Sunshine's out again, which is good. 
I've uh, put the lid back on the squirrel box feeder, the squirrel feeder. They ripped the lid off. These squirrels can be rather vicious. And uh, I watched them. There were two, we got three squirrels regularly in the garden. And I watched two of them the other day fighting. And I'm sure that they ripped the lid off the box. They were fighting over some monkey nuts I'd put in the box. And I'm sure it was those two. They were the culprits. They ripped the lid off. Anyway, I've now put the lid back on. And the pigeons are working out how to get in the box because the lid's back on. The squirrels know to lift it up with their heads. But uh, there we are. That's the garden. And uh, what else is happening? Where are we? It's Friday. This podcast is going out Sunday. We've got the weekend coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we're going to our local club, Saturday night. There's a band on called Mama Kane. How about that? Mama Kane, as in C-A-N-E. They're a live band that play up at our club and they're really good. So, yeah, look them up. See if I think they're just down south here. They wouldn't be all over the UK, would they? Not like the Rolling Stones all over the world. Mama Kane probably only tour local pubs, but they're excellent. They do all the old stuff. They do new stuff. Why am I promoting them? I'll have to get onto them and say, what a fee, advertising. <laughs> advertising fee, I don't know. Happy days. Now, here's the thing, as my son says. Here's the thing. I'm going to end it here because it'll all be going. Well, what, what? Oh, I did that. I did that again last night. We were watching, was it Midsummer Murders? And I, I, I said to my wife, I said, what's it, Vera? She's not in Midsummer. Midsummer ended an hour ago. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, a friend of mine just sent me a YouTube. I think it was YouTube clip someone's done. Um, you know, Alexa. It's Alexa for old people. So, first of all, it recognises various names, like if you get it wrong. Like Alexander, you know, Alex something else. So it'll respond to that, because old people like me get it wrong. And there's this woman... She's on her sofa and she says, Alexandra, what's the weather like outside? So Alexa says, it's 75 degrees and sunny. And the old lady says, it, what is? So Alexa says, the weather outside. What about it? Well, it's 75 degrees and sunny. Oh, I don't believe that. <laughs> and it goes on like this. So Alexa repeats things for older people like me. It's quite funny, actually. Have a look for the, the clip somewhere on YouTube. Right, going to love you and leave you. Take care, look after yourselves. And I shall see you all next Wednesday for the midweek message. Until then, bye-bye for now.